Hey, it's Chris Jericho, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Go Blues! Podcast, your host Jason, and I got a special treat uh, for all Blues fans. So, with the obviously season on pause right now, it's been uh, kind of hard to put some uh, stuff together. But luckily, uh, I have one of the first and foremost uh, Blues uh, reporters with me today. Jeremy Rutherford of the Athletic is joining me. So, thank you for joining me, Jeremy. First and foremost, who who else is on with us? You got somebody uh, good on, I hope. <laughs> no, no, just you. So thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. No, anytime, Jason. So uh, as we know, we left off in the Blues. Uh, I think surprisingly have done very well this year considering uh, losing your top score 10 games since the year uh, and just kind of having a maraud of injuries and still have being number one in the Central and near the top of the West most of the year. Um, so how do you think the Blues have fared, in your opinion, compared to kind of going into the season – this is the first short off season that the Blues have ever kind of had, having the longest playoff run of the you know franchise. How do you think they fared this year? Finish well, at least right now finishing, but at least as of right now with 94 points. No, pretty incredible. I mean, if you would have said, uh, you know, I know this is a cliche way of putting it, but if you would have said Stanley Cup hangover, would there be one? You're going to lose Tarasenko in the first month of the season, and oh by the way, you know, come uh, March the Blues are going to be in first place in the Western Conference, you say, get out of here. Yeah, we'll take it, of course. And it's been incredible. But, you know, it's Blues hockey. Uh, they bring the lunch pail. They work hard. That's what they've done particularly well under uh, Craig Berube. Uh, like Doug Armstrong has said a number of times, we really don't pay people like uh, they're the best player in the league. But we have a bunch of guys who are paid very well when you talk about the Tarasenko's, the O'Reilly's, the Braden Shens, the Jaden Schwartz's. So, I think that these players took it as a uh, challenge. Oh, we can't win without Vladimir Tarasenko? Oh, yeah, well, watch this. And so they, they played like it all season. And there really wasn't a hangover, maybe a little bit of a lull. Yeah, in, in January they weren't winning games. But there were a lot of one-goal games in there. So, you know, I know we're on pause now, and nobody knows what this season is going to look like uh, when it resumes. But I think if you just – take the first uh, you know several months of the season October to where we are right now it's been pretty incredible if you're a blues fan yeah and uh, like a number of things seem like I was working against the blues or there's a lot of questions going to year you brought back pretty much the same team there was really no additions to the team uh, just to losing uh, Pat Maroon and Michael Delzato is only two you really lost on the team and you pretty much bring back the same team and trying to promote from within uh, and I think that worked out really well. The, I think the big question mark for some fans, even though he did very well in the playoffs last year, is Jordan Bennington. And um, how do you think he has fared uh, being, quote-unquote, the guy for the, maybe the first time? Obviously, he's been the guy on some other teams, like in the minor leagues. But he was you know, last year, he wasn't even the guy for the AHL team. He was the backup. And now he's the guy for the Stanley Cup, defending Stanley Cup champions. I think really well. I think that, uh, you know, he went into the summer needing a, a contract. He was a restricted free agent and really could have 
uh, commanded the uh, big bucks. You know, when I say big bucks, you know, six million per uh, maybe a five or six year deal. That's how well he played last year. Uh, but I think uh, you know the Blues wanted to see more. Jordan Bennington wanted the big contract, so you know they did the two year deal. And I think he was unbelievable early on in the season, like in uh, October. November into December, I think December and January, the team just wasn't playing uh, great defensive hockey. And so I think the, the, the grade-A shots, the high-danger chances against uh, increased. And I don't think uh, you know he played as well, probably let in a few uh, squeakers too. And, and, but I think what we've seen from Jordan Bennington, I would say the last month, month and a half, has been uh, really good. So I think he looks a lot more now like he did uh, that goaltender last year. So if I'm a Blues fan, you know, has Jordan Bennington just uh, put up Hall of Fame numbers like he was on course for last year? You know, no, but I think you'll take what he's given you for sure. Yeah, he has uh, definitely had a little bump after the All-Star game there, but the team was not exactly playing the best either. But I think, like you said, uh, he's handled being the guy very well. And also kudos to Jake Allen, who was – taken the quote-unquote backup role very well and it has had a remarkable season for um you know having almost a 93 save percentage and two shutouts and having 10 wins and played really well when when they had to have him step in for a couple games to give Bennington that rest if you had to to put together a list of the top two or three individual stories of the year Jake Allen has to be in that mix here's a guy who's been counted out for a couple years now trade him, get the cap room. You know, people are still saying that, even though he's playing uh, really well. Um, Jake Allen has to be on that list uh, of guys who, uh, when you look at the beginning of the season and and say, uh, you know, who could play better, Jake Allen was for sure one of those names, and I think he has. He's been amazing. And I think it's underestimated how well he's played, how that's helped Jordan Bennington and, and helped solidify the position. Yes. And um, before we get into talking about if the season will continue, I want to talk about another uh, two players that I pointed out that I think have done very well this year. Uh, Alex Petrangelo has probably had one of his best off- offensive seasons ever. Of course, people are going to point out the contract year, but I think he's taken that role as a captain, and I think we've seen a change in him since Coach Berube has been the, uh, you know, obviously the coach. He's, uh, it seems like he's been more involved, especially the other night when I watched a replay of the Blues game when they're playing the Stars, and he cross-checks Jimmy Benton to the goal and then just is on top of him, you know, relentlessly compared to maybe always Blues fans always point out when Jimmy Benton was sitting on him two years ago and no one helped him out. So do you think uh, Alex Petrangelo kind of took the challenge to be the captain and defending Stanley Cup champion to prove that he deserves that contract uh, this year, or is it just – Maybe the style the Blues are playing, that's why he is maybe more offensive this year. I think it's probably all of that's involved and a lot more, too. You know, I don't know that, you know, he came out and said, I'm going to prove that I'm worth a lot more. Uh, You know, I think that he's been a good player for a long time in this league. You know, did he know that his contract was up and that he wanted top dollar? Sure. But I think he felt that he just had to keep doing what he was doing. Uh, look, we were all questioning him as a captain, myself included. Uh, you mentioned the, the Ben thing when Ben sat on him like a park bench a couple of years ago. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Alex Petrangelo just stuck to what got him to this level and put the C on his chest. He just said that uh, I'm a good player and I'm going to continue to play like it. So he's been terrific uh, in the offensive end this year, uh, career numbers there. 
season's not over yet. He's been great defensively, PK, power play, everything. And, uh, you know, he kept uh, a Stanley Cup team that was facing a lot of questions about could they keep it up, um, and and they're in first place. So I think that Alex has done a, a marvelous job. And, you know, are the Blues going to pay him? I think they will. You know, I think that uh, the number is going to be – uh, pretty high, and they're going to have to probably come up on uh, on what they were thinking about early on. Uh, and who knows how this is all going to shake out after uh, you get back to hockey. Obviously, hockey-related revenue is going to take a tumble here. They're going to lose about a billion dollars, and so that's going to affect what the salary cap is. And you know, what do you have uh, left when you go to try to, to sign Alex Petrangelo? But uh, he's a he's a great captain. He's great for St. Louis. First player to hoist the. Stanley Cup in uh, league uh, history and franchise history. And so I think uh, whatever they need to do to get that contract done, I think would be very wise. Yeah, I think I, I see it getting done too. And it just does make sense with him not in the lineup. It just doesn't, the team doesn't have the same makeup. And I think it's a wise move for the Blues to sign him for as long as possible. Uh, the other person I want to talk about who did actually get a contract at the end of the year was Braden Shen. Uh, he came in and I think has had a very good year uh, without his Number one, uh, your number one right, right winger, your super, your superstar on the team, basically. Valentin Tarasenko is out for most of this year. And Brain Shen's put up 58 points and is, and is tied for, uh, the team lead in goals of 25. Uh, I think he's done very well this year. Yeah, really well. And uh, that kind of goes back to what I was saying is the Blues have a number of those type of players, you know, who maybe they don't have the name of the Tarasenko, but they can put up 25 or 30 goals and they're getting it out of Shen and Perron. You know, the one thing with the Shen contract, people look at it, uh, what was it, eight years, and plus he had a year left, so he's going to be here mm-hmm. uh, probably than a, a, some of us. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, correct. But, but I think that, uh, you know, Doug Armstrong saw that the championship window is open. He likes his team. He likes a player like Braden Shen, and as we all know, the only way to keep everybody together and fit everybody under the cap is to drive down the AAV. And, you know, his uh, AAV on that contract going forward is going to be 6.5. And people might say, well, you didn't get that much of a bargain by giving him that many years. You know, well, Braden Shen, uh, you know, prior to this pause and the way he's playing, uh, you know, if he would have got to free agency, he very easily could have been a seven plus million dollar player i think so so anyway maybe not a, a big bargain uh, considering that you had to give them so much term but i like what brain shed brings this team uh you know fighting down obviously but if you need him he can jump in and you know he can deliver the hits and i just think he, he's good for that locker room and good for this team on the ice so you know yeah three four five years we'll probably be saying how many years are left on this shen contract but i think with what doug armstrong was facing uh trying to keep this thing going it was a good move that, uh, you know, he hopes will pay dividends in the immediate future, so it makes it seem worthwhile later on in the contract. Yep, exactly. Uh, so I guess we'll kind of talk about – it's kind of hard to talk about the rest of the season since so much is up in the air. Obviously, uh, a couple of reports have come out that said that the NHL is reaching out to arenas to see availability now going into August with the – with the season going into August and possibly September and then taking October off and then starting in November, a very odd uh, schedule. Do you think there is a maybe internal for the NHL, a drop dead date that they think about that they need to get this thing started and 
like, or, and the other op- option is just starting with the playoffs and not even playing the rest of the regular season. And obviously, they want to get, the, like you said, the hockey-related revenue is going to be down up to a billion dollars. Was uh, reported again today. Uh, so, do you think there's a date that the like, kind of fans should kind of look at to think that okay, we need to get things started real soon? Obviously, the end of April doesn't seem likely. I think I just saw something today that it might not even start till May. I think they want to have people come back in. So, is there some time you think that the league will have a drop dead date that they got to call this thing or are they just going to keep waiting and seeing yeah i think internally um they have to have a drop dead and and they've talked about it i'm sure you know i don't know what that is uh because i don't know the logistics of what it takes to plan all these events and get them rescheduled everybody saw that they um have canceled slash postponed the awards and the draft in montreal uh you know so their focus is getting the season and whether that includes uh, the remaining regular season games, the Blues had, what, 11 or 12 of them. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. Are they going to skip to the playoffs? If they skip to the playoffs, who gets in? Is it going to be six teams, 20 teams? How do they decide who's going to get in? They, of course, have to use uh, points percentage, winning percentage, because uh, some of the teams played less games than others. And then do you have a play-in, you know, to like they do NCAA basketball, to kind of decide those few remaining uh, teams, you know, that is all up in the air. You know, I personally have taken the stance that, hey, you can talk about uh, playing again in, in August, September, October, you know, taking taking November off and then restarting next season in December. You can you can talk about that, but all you got to do is turn on, watch the news and realize that, uh, you know, who knows when this world is going to be back in you know, some sort of semblance. So, you know, I think that's all just optimistic right now. In a couple minutes, uh, in a couple months, we could all be looking at each other saying, gosh, you know, wasn't that crazy? We were thinking they were actually going to be able to get this NHL season in. So, you know, I, I think that uh, we have to, you know, face what's first right now. And, and that's uh, what's going on with the coronavirus. And, and just let's, let's get through that. And then let's see what the league has been talking about uh, when they unveil their plans uh, about how they're going to resume the schedule based on what time of the year it is. So, you know, we could talk till we're blue in the face about what it might look like. But we just have no idea when we're uh, going to be back in a position to invite people back to the rink. Yeah, I uh, 100% agree that they got to make sure everybody is obviously 100% healthy and things are okay because actually come to games is first and foremost important. And two, I think the other logistical problem is that some states, like we, uh, as in the news, New York is very much shut down right now and has a lot of cases, and that's going to be a very hot zone right now. So it's very hard to get in and like even people coming from New York to other states are getting quarantined, even if they don't have any symptoms. So it might be harder to play games in New York compared to somewhere like maybe St. Louis or another place where it's not that heavy. So. It's going to be really hard for the league to, I think, resume, but uh, we'll be optimistic and see what happens, and hopefully uh, everything kind of passes and everybody uh, can get healthy and we'll get back to hockey when we can. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about some some prospect signings with you real quick before we get into uh, the uh, one of the things the Blues should die if the Stanley Cup edition. Uh, I saw the Blues that they signed their six-round picks from the other year, uh, Hugh McGinn, which is uh, yeah. uh, he finished up his collegiate career. Uh, another Blues prospect, which is very highly rated, he just won another. He just won the Best Offensive Defenseman Award for the third time in his career, which he's the only defenseman to ever do that. Is uh, Scott Prunovich. I think I got that. Hopefully, I said that right. 
so he seems uh, – everybody seems kind of optimistic. All the reporting seems that, uh, you know, I read the uh, article that you had the other day, which was very uh, very good, talking like how he has a very close bond with the Blues. And uh, they go to a lot of his games and scouting him, you know, quite a bit and talking to him. Uh, but they have to sign him by June – at least right now, that's the rule. We'll see if that changes due to everything that's going on. But if they don't sign him by sometime in June, he is a technically unrestricted free agent. Uh, so do you think the Blues are going to – I think the Blues are going to push hard to sign him. Do you think that we'll see him possibly in a Blue Note uh, next year? Yeah, I think it's a possibility. You know, who knows uh, with these young prospects uh, like a Perinovich, uh, I think he thinks highly of the Blues and he feels appreciated. Uh, you know, Keith Kachuk, uh, the organization, they've been up to see him a lot up at Duluth. Um, you know, Doug Armstrong went to visit him a couple of days before the trade deadline day. And and so I think there's a pretty solid chance that they sign him, but you just never know. Like, you know, you have agents or advisors and, you know, they're telling you that, uh, well, if you do this, this, this could happen, this could be open to you. And, and so I think Brnovich is going to be smart about it and, and weigh his options. But I think if you look at this uh, Blues defense, uh, you know, there's some opportunity there. You know, it doesn't appear that Jay Bomeister will be back. Do they re-sign uh, Marco Scandella? You don't know. Carl Gunnarsson, even though he's got a year left, um, you know, he's been kind of injury-plagued. Um, you got a Jake Wallman that they seem to be reluctant to, to bring up. So, uh, sure, you have uh, some players on that left side, like a, like a Vince. There's opportunity here on a Stanley Cup contending team, and I think Perinovich is going to, you know, think highly of that. So, so we'll see. Look, he's an undersized guy, but he gets the job done. And we've seen with a couple of rookies this year, and Quinn Hughes in Vancouver and Cal McCarr, Colorado, that uh, that game translates. So, uh, you know, I think real good sign, but uh, we'll have to see what happens. And the one thing is, whenever when everything was normal, he had until June first, and then he was going to become that unrestricted free agent and could leave if he wanted to sign with somebody else. Uh, but now we we just don't know what the situation is in terms of dates and, and when they're going to have to sign guys by. So, you know, until we hear something on that, then we think that, uh, you know, the Blues will continue to try to get him signed. Yeah, so I think that uh, the Blues, which obviously in the last couple of years, they made the trade beginning of the year for Justin Falk, and they lost one of their uh, top roster, you know, first-round picks a couple of years ago. Uh, and then obviously they traded away the one for Ryan O'Reilly, and they lose their second-round pick in 2021. So, Having these uh, draft picks is what you're going to need to supplement uh, scoring eventually and have that back up just in case uh, you're signing all your guys from your Stanley Cup winning team to lucrative contracts. You're going to need guys like uh, Pernovich and um, Clem Costa and those guys to step in and possibly play a big role. So I think that's a, hopefully a thing the Blues can get done. So mm-hmm. last thing, last thing we'll get into is uh, kind of the updated edition of your book from before. It's 100. What are the things Blues fans should know before they uh, die? So there's already one out, but then obviously crazy things happened last year. And now we have an updated edition, the Stanley Cup edition. So uh, what should Blues fans look forward to in this edition of the book? Well, uh, just to give people a little bit of background, is uh, in 2014 I wrote the book that you just mentioned, 100 Things Blues Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. And this is a company in Chicago, Triumph Publisher, and uh, they've done this with a lot of teams in the NHL. And so what happens is when a team wins the Stanley Cup, they go back to the author and say, hey, could you revise the book? And so when they called after the Blues won the Stanley Cup, I said, for sure. So you have 100 chapters, hence the 100 things, you know, one thing per chapter. 
and uh, they say, hey, just go into it and, and write five or six new chapters and uh, you know, put those in there, all related to the Stanley Cup, of course. And so there's new chapters. If you've got the book, the 2014 version, I pulled six chapters out. I put two, six uh, Stanley Cup chapters in. You've got uh, Craig Berube to the rescue. You've got Jordan Bennington, Emergence. You have Pat Maroon, the St. Louis hometown hero. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, the biggest trade in Blues history, uh, you could argue. Also, you got a little bit on Gloria and that phenomenon. So I, I think that fans, readers who already have the book uh, will love this one because not only are there new chapters, but you're able to go through the book and everything has been touched up. There are no mentions, Jason, no mentions of never winning a Stanley Cup ever okay. in your history. So so I think people uh, to read all 100 chapters and not have to read a sentence about uh, all the failures, I think will be uh, really refreshing for people. Uh, it is great. Actually, just considering what is uh, going on in the world and a lot of people being home, I think this is definitely – if you can order it and get it hopefully delivered, it's definitely a thing I ordered at the beginning of the week, and it should be coming tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to diving into that and definitely checking out those chapters. I have your first the first edition of it, which was a very fun read, and then obviously having the cup is definitely going to – I'm definitely looking forward to checking out those six new chapters. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. Uh, thank you very much for your time. But before we go, uh, obviously writing for The Athletic and – there's going to be a, you know, hockey's obviously paused right now. Uh, I saw that you've opened up, you got to pick one article that, and you got, they unlocked it for free for anybody. So if you don't have a subscription to the athletic, you can go read this article that JR, uh, unlocked. So can you tell fans about that article that you, uh, unlocked for fans to read? Yeah, I haven't written many good ones. So it was easy when they said, Hey, just pick one and, and we'll, uh, open it up and, you know, anybody non subscribers uh, could read it. And, you know, there are uh, a lot of features that you put together over the years and you hope that, you know, people get something out of them. But to me, if I'm going to unlock one and let everybody read it, it had to be the Stanley Cup night. And uh, I'll never forget that night, nor will any Blues fan, but uh, I never went to bed. So after the game, I worked on the article and then I uh, jumped in an Uber and took it back to my hotel in Boston. And then I stayed up until about seven in the morning writing the story and then I had a radio hit back here in St. Louis with Bernie Mickles on 101 ESPN and then after the radio hit head to the airport and, and fly home and then you come home and of course you're not going to you know fall asleep so um, you know this is an article that I poured my heart into that's up at the uh, athletic and you know that everybody who ever wanted to read about uh, the Blues winning the Stanley Cup hopefully it's all in that article I'll just give one quick note on it too is I had arranged pre-arranged that if the Blues won, Mr. Scotty Bowman, can I call you and get a reaction from you? And uh, he said, yeah, for sure. So as the Blues are rushing the ice and, and congratulating everybody and gloves are going everywhere, I'm dialing up Scotty Bowman, and uh, he gave me a comment, and that comment uh, is in the article. So it was kind of cool. Uh, the guy who uh, kind of led the charge early on in the history of the Blues and moved on and won so many Stanley Cups and became the greatest coach in hockey history, but he got his start here in St. Louis. I just wanted to get his quick reaction to seeing St. Louis finally win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, and that was, like I said, that's something that I'm reading the days after uh, the Blues uh, won, and that was an article, just your perspective of what happened there was just, uh, and seeing the Scotty Bowman quote just was great. Like, overall, like, I really enjoy everything. So that article, I think, is definitely a must-read for any Blues fan. 
So make sure you go to the Athletic. Even after you read that article, go ahead and subscribe. It's 100% worth it. There's plenty of content on there. Uh, JR and I'll, and I've talked about this podcast. My favorite player, Jared Bear Jackman, have a podcast on there. So, uh, and I love listening to you guys on there. So, uh, you guys started that up this year. So that's very cool. So make sure you go to Athletic, subscribe. And is there anywhere else that the Blues fans can reach you? Yeah, at JP Rutherford on Twitter, or you can get in the comment section at The Athletic. And by the way, uh, I just got a notification. Our uh, podcast today, Barry Jackman and I did a podcast with uh, Big Walt, Keith Kachuk. Uh, it's now up at the uh, website or wherever you get your podcast. So had a fun 35, 40 minutes with uh, Big Walt. Oh, awesome. So I'll be in my out. So go ahead if you want to listen to this podcast first. Then check out Jr. after that. So, yeah, thank you very yeah. much for your thank you very much for your time, Jr. I appreciate it. Hope the family is uh, safe and healthy. Uh, be safe, and hopefully we'll get back to some hockey sometime in the next couple months. Yeah, anytime. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you, Jr. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.